What's up, WizKids, and welcome to another edition of Off the Bench. Jamoke Davis here with Zach Rosen and Chris Gehring, and we got a lot to get to. Of course, we're going to talk about that great double overtime win the Wizards had at the Celtics after playing back-to-back and had a tough loss uh, before that game, which was really tough uh, against Minnesota. And then we'll talk about our NCAA brackets. Uh, we also, if you didn't see on Washington Wizards social media channels, we have Mike Scott picking UVA to win it all. We have some of our own opinions on the bracket. We'll go over some upsets we may see this weekend. Okay, guys, where do you want to start, Zach? Because you just finished your bracket. No, let's talk about last night first because I think uh, that game, though it probably went on a little longer than it should have, might be one of those games that you look back on uh, as we think about this season. I think that it gets overlooked how difficult it is to go into another team's building that is down almost all their players, which puts an enormous chip on every other player's shoulders. Mm -hmm. And you saw it. I mean, like, Marcus Morris went off and was making everything. Terry Rozier was huge for, for the Celtics. You saw Tatum step up, take more shots. Guys like Abdel Nader played really well. Shane Larkin was speedy. Uh, Greg Monroe had a pretty solid game, but the Wizards were able to, first of all, come back from down 20, in which I thought the game was over in the first half. Yeah. I mean, you felt like because of the Celtics were lacking depth, they'd get tired and the Wizards yeah. would fight back, which is kind of what happened. Yeah. But it felt over, and it was you felt embarrassed, whatever. And then to come back and then to fight when you're down in the fourth quarter, which seems to happen every time we go to Boston. I feel mm-hmm. like the Celtics retake the lead in the fourth. But this season, the Wizards have fought back in all three games against the Celtics in the fourth quarter at the end of the game. This time, Jody Meeks. Big three. First three of the game for three, him. But, of course, none of that happens unless Tatum misses his first of two really bad free throw misses. Yeah. If Sadoransky doesn't go for that offensive rebound off the Beal miss three, and then I think Baines hit it out of bounds, then the out-of-bounds play for Otto to realize that he should cut to the basket and draw the defender to kick it in the corner yeah. is probably one of the plays of the year yeah. by Otto. Just it was like, amazing. That's not something you can teach, that mm-hmm. basketball IQ to just go to the rim. Found Meeks, who, to his credit, nailed the shot. It's wide open. That's a lot of pressure. He hadn't. He wasn't warm. He hadn't played since early yep. in the fourth yep. quarter. Yep. Then you go through the rest of the game. I mean, the first overtime, Jason Tatum brings them back into the game. You know, questionable block call, in my opinion, <laughs> on Gortat, who probably should have tried to block the shot instead of take a charge. But that's more Gortat's game, and he's pretty successful in that. His feet were outside the paint, but he might have been moving. Mm-hmm. Tatum then misses the free throw, and it honestly, it looked like he missed it on purpose. Like, he didn't realize what the situation was. If you look, like, he had a really quick release on the free throw. Yeah. And I was like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. take your time. You can win the game with this. Yeah. Wizards couldn't get a good shot up. Off and then in the second overtime, the Wizards get their biggest lead of the game with six points in the second overtime. <laughs> second which is just ridiculous. <laughs> they were so tired. There's a boneheaded play that gives the Celtics another chance, um, and luckily Tatum misses the three. Beal had some great layups in the end of this game. I they mean, kept switching and putting Baines on him, and no, he just took advantage of it. I thought Beal was masterful in this game. He yeah. was excellent and just so tired. Played 47 minutes, so he almost plays a full game after the night before. So, yeah, I mean, there's your recap of the game if you missed it. I mean, yeah. it was crazy. <laughs> you could tell, I mean, you could tell, obviously, by the end of it, both teams were exhausted. Obviously, the Celtics being so, so shorthanded, that 
that took the energy out of them quickly because mm-hmm. they had to play a lot of minutes and a lot of guys that aren't used to playing a lot of minutes. But for Brad, I mean, for him to continue to attack the way that he's been successful in in yeah. recent years for him, really, to hit, for him to continue to do that into the second overtime, I mean, there were a couple. There was one up and under reverse where he just fell down. Yeah. Guys went to go help him up, and he was just like, like, yeah, give me two seconds. He did, like, he, did. he like threw his arms out, and he, he was just did. like, that damn. Was like, so funny to you see. could tell. I mean, you could tell listening to him after the game and his interview with Cassidy Hubberth, um, that shout he out to was Cassidy, just, yeah, he was on our the pod. pod. Um, but she, you know, he was just, you could really, really tell that mm-hmm. he was exhausted. And, um, you know, what a, what a game from him, though. And it was kind of reminiscent of, I mean, when we, when we look back at game seven, I know that we've, rehashed that game a lot but yeah it was a similar scenario i mean brad played a lot of minutes in boston and in that game seven i mean he he was outstanding mm-hmm. and he just kept going he kept hitting shots and he kept being you know persistent um this was another one of those games and i know i know that he's been criticized for not hitting shots down the stretch and in yeah. situations but i mean I think those are going to fall for him at some point. And the way that he played last night, the way that he just keeps grinding, mm-hmm. he plays like that all the time. And I think that that's, that's really important for this team and certainly for everybody else to watch him do that and watch your star, your all-star play like that. That's really important. But other good contributions too. I mean, Sato got to the line with another situation late in the game where you know he was exhausted, knocked down a couple free throws, Keith played well, I thought, and you know it's just a it's a good team win regardless. And Brad said it after the game that it's still the NBA. They knew that they were going to get a really good shot from that Celtic squad of of guys that wanted to prove themselves and wanted to play well. And we found out. I think we found out a little bit. I mean, I think we knew that Terry Rozier is a good player. Mm-hmm. I think we knew that Shane Larkin was a, he was a great, outstanding player in college. And for him to he play was like so that, quick. Man, he's just, he was he's quick. super quick. He's a good. He can really get – I mean, he can get buckets. He can shoot the ball a little bit. And, um, yeah, I think the Celtics learned a little bit about themselves too last night. But a good win for the Wizards, the one that they needed. And, and two of my upwards. favorite storylines, not just from that game, but if they should meet in the playoff, is obviously the Morris brothers. Seeing them battle against oh, each other, both of them hitting fun. big shots against each other was funny to see. They were both playing well. Marcus Morris's game is really – has really expanded and they talked about it on the broadcast and the way that he can shoot the ball now his confidence and we see Keith shoot the ball with confidence it's really interesting how similar their games are too obviously Mm -hmm. they're they're twins but their the similarities in their game is is really really interesting too and um yeah yeah and then the other one which if I didn't get to watch the entire game with the volume on so maybe they mentioned it but to see Beal going up against Jason Tatum. Now, I remember Doris Burke, you know, they were like, oh, yeah, they're both from St. Louis. But kids, I don't know if you understand or, or have been told, Jason Tatum grew up in Bradley Beal's shadow. They both went to the same school, Chaminade. So literally, I remember after Beal had his first basketball camp as a, as a second-year pro, 
Jason Tatum was there helping him out. And we did an interview with Jason. And he was like, oh, man, I hope I can make to the NBA one day. I look up to Brad. And so they're like, oh, look at them. They're, they're jawing at each other. But it was all in. It was like love jawing. Like, you know, remember, I used to get you back in St. Louis like this. Like, well, it was good to see the two of them go at it. And I, I would like to talk to Brad about maybe what he said to Jason after the game. Well, and the other thing, too, the other part of that story is that two years ago, I believe, would have been. Yeah. Two seasons ago would have been Jason Tatum's senior year at Chaminade. Mm -hmm. He broke Bradley Beal's scoring record at Chaminade. And we were there, I think it was me and Dan Nolan. You can catch on Mon Sports Net. We were in Philly, I believe, the night that that happened. And uh, Dan talked to Brad about it and did like a little, like a recap basically to be like, congratulations, to kind of close that story. Yeah. And you could tell that, you know, Brad is. Obviously, he'd love to keep his scoring record at his, at his high school. Yeah, but he was super proud of Jason Tatum, and they're close, and they're kind of for for folks who know the whole story. They're kind of they've been linked for a while. Yeah, and it's a cool storyline, and it, it's a totally different this Wizard Celtics storyline now <laughs> is so different than a year ago because yeah. there's two there's two. I mean, the Morris brothers and their story is so cool, and when we saw. The Wizards returned to the playoffs last season to see Marcus right there courtside to cheer on Keith. Um, obviously, their brotherhood and they have their whole they have their whole FOE brand and yeah, their family is super important to them and to see them support each other and and mm-hmm. play hard and be family you know, over everything. Yeah, it's just it's it's really cool and Tatum and Beal have a similar connection and and. It's, it's a totally different storyline but honestly it's just as entertaining because those two go at each other the morris brothers go at each other beal and tatum go at each other you saw them talking on the floor last night yeah in some of those clutch situations and it's just it's cool to watch when you know the when you know the stories behind it it's really fun so for each each game for the rest of the season there will be jockeying for position right now the wizards are in the fifth spot would have to play at cleveland right cleveland would have the home court advantage zach is that are you enjoying watching this kind of going up and down or you wish it was more solidified that the wizards had obviously we'd love for them to be one or two but have a spot i mean it's really leaving it up in the air i think it gives them something tangible to play for and i think that's important for this team right now that's pretty tired and waiting for John Wall to come back, and I think it gives them a different goal besides just winning basketball games or hitting a win total. Yeah. It's like they don't want to play Cleveland in the first round. Nobody mm-hmm. does. Cleveland probably doesn't want to play Washington, but now that you have Philly in there, Milwaukee, there's teams in there that are going to make noise that are at the lower part of the, the standings. So um, there's more to play for, in my opinion, not that they need more motivation, uh, but it, it goes to show you that this game on Saturday with Indiana is massive mm-hmm. because Indiana is now two games up in the loss column. The Wizards win this. We talked about this on the last podcast. They win the tiebreaker for the season series. So if the teams finish in the same spot um, in the playoffs, the Wizards get the edge. So it's a two-game swing, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a huge game, and the Wizards have two days off before that game, three days off after that. They need this break. It couldn't come at a better time. And then it's kind of a marathon after that San Antonio game until the playoffs. Um, so yeah, I mean, they're going to look at the standings and it's going to determine, I think some effort maybe late in the season, especially Mm -hmm. because, you know, you don't know what these, how these other teams are looking at it, but I know that, that our team does not want to play Cleveland. Uh, ideally Indiana is the matchup you want because of 
the lack of star power, the lack of size, mainly because you <laughs> like Philly's huge. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I don't know if the Wizards match up well with them. They've played them well at home on the road. It's been it's been all Philly. Uh, so it'll be interesting. I I think Saturday's a big game, and you know John Wall's inching closer and closer. He's not going to come back till he's a hundred percent. But it was funny to hear Brad last <laughs> night after say, yeah. the the game. Was like, <laughs> Man, first of all, John, we need you back. Like <laughs> I'm tired. It's, it's I'm taking tired. a toll on their bodies. Yeah, and a guy like Sadoransky hasn't played a full season in the NBA every day. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he he's hurting a lot. I mean, you know, he's sore. He's not hurt. Yeah, Otto, you can tell that hip is. It's it's bothering him, but he's playing through it, and he's a tough player. He's played so, really well. Too. But I think the best the best thing about this team health wise is that Keith looks really healthy and agile. Mm-hmm. And then you have guys like Kelly Oubre who doesn't have a ton of ton of wear and tear on him. He looks agile. Jan Mahimi looks so healthy. He w- he had his first double double as a wizard last night. Yeah, which is yeah. kind of hard to imagine. But if you factor in minutes played, it's hard for a backup center to get a double double. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He played great. Six offensive rebounds. Six to nine from the field, he was like the only player on the team that could find a way to score in the first half, which was pretty ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a positive to see from Mahimi, and I don't—I mean, they're going to need Mahimi's body, I think, the rest of the way here. There's a For lot sure. of just big matchups coming up. Um, uh, some teams that just pose a threat down low. You look at Detroit. You look at the Knicks. Even uh, Indiana with a guy like yeah, Miles Turner. Indiana, uh, Charlotte with Dwight Howard, yep. Houston with Clint Capella. I mean, most teams, you know, the, the league has gone smaller, but a lot of teams still have centers that just bruise you down low. Yeah. Yeah, and this, looking at, I mean, looking at the All-Star break, we're almost exactly a month removed from the All-Star break. These next six days for the Wizards, there's one game against Indiana. For, Brad, for Bradley Beal, this is probably actually going to be a better break for him. Oh, yeah. than the all-star break was and i think for players too i mean they will travel they traveled home after the after the boston game on wednesday they'll have thursday friday here play here saturday two more days at home that's five days in dc um to just kind of hang and obviously they will practice obviously they'll prepare for um san antonio and they'll leave tuesday yeah but this is a really, really important break, as, last as big Zach break. said, but it's but it's really kind of like a mini All Star break. Yeah, and this is something that didn't happen last season. Mm-hmm. These these kinds of breaks um, just weren't there. So I think it's I think it's really interesting to see how they'll come out and play against Indiana. We've already mentioned it's a it's a massive game, and then uh, just a really yeah every yeah. and then after that break, San Antonio on the twenty first. It is literally every other day with two more back-to-backs. Yeah. It's the last chance the to get real, it is nice real rest. To only have, well, I guess they have three back-to-backs in the final two weeks, but there isn't another back-to-back for a few weeks. Yeah. yeah. So, so Whiskers, you got to come out for this game. It's like a playoff yeah, game Saturday it's night. Game. It's Definitely. huge. Yeah. And it's, it's going to be a fun game to watch. I mean, yeah. Indiana is a really – Oladipo coming home. Yeah. They're, you know, they're that's just always a, a big thing. Kind of a – Miles kind of Turner, a good young talent. Of, te- of, of a team and – yeah. Their roster can kind of do a lot of little things, and I know that Glenn Robinson is back for them now. Did we see him? Yeah, he barely played, but he's back. But he's back, and they're they're pretty healthy, Indiana. Mm-hmm. And so Finally, Collison yeah. is back. Um, I don't think we saw Collison last time. Yeah, we either. haven't seen him at all. Yeah. So there, it's it's going to be a, a different look for the Wizards from the Pacers, and um, yeah, they added Trevor Booker too. Totally forgot about that. Book but, coming back. Um, 
just a real a real big challenge. So come on out. We ready for March? Let's do it. It's March. I'm ready for March. I am so excited not marching. Uh, I am so excited about this year. I feel like it's the first season that anybody can win it. That I really feel like there isn't one favorite. And I feel like a lot of it started with people who were like kind of like, eh, on UVA was the beginning of like, eh, I don't know if they're really an overall number one. And then they lost their sixth man. Okay, uh, I'll do mine last. Final four. Yeah, so everyone's brackets are probably submitted by the time you listen to this, so we uh, can't take our advice. But that <laughs> the good thing, though, I think, is then we can actually give the right reasoning for why these teams, like actual basketball talk, not just the bracket, but why yeah. these teams are good and who has a chance. So I think there's only a handful of teams that can, like I know you're saying that it's open, but I think there's only a few teams that can win the national championship. To me, that would be Villanova, Virginia, uh North Carolina, Duke, Michigan State, Purdue. Those are my teams that I think can win it. Okay. Uh, maybe throw in Arizona. I'm not sure on them. Maybe throw in. You're already destroying my bracket. Sorry, but maybe throw Dang. in Michigan. I, I just don't see any other team winning it. But in terms of Final Four, I like Virginia, Villanova, Duke, and then Gonzaga. That yeah. was, that's was that been my Final Four kind of from the beginning. And wow. I like I like. Duke is that really talented team that is deep. Villanova is probably the best overall team in the country. Mm-hmm. They can shoot. They play on both ends of the court. They have experience. They're but, also fully – are they fully healthy yeah, now? they just got Phil Booth back, so they're yeah. healthy. Virginia lost DeAndre Hunter, but I still really like them to make it to the championship game. And then Gonzaga, they lost four of their five starters, so this pick is kind of iffy, but I like the way they match up with – a Michigan or a North Carolina and Xavier. How do you pick them over a North Carolina who this could be potentially their third straight because this North Carolina team appearance. has no one on their team that can close out a game. Wow. Yeah. They in past years, I know last year maybe you could have said the same thing about them, but No Barry? Barry Joel can't do Barry's it. good, but he's kind of hit the Marcus, Marcus Page syndrome a little bit where he's gotten a little bit worse as he's gotten older. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think teams know to guard him. Luke May is the difference maker for them, but At least I, I'm not huge games. on UNC. I actually, in my main bracket, have them losing to Providence. In the wow! Round. I like Ed Cooley's team a lot. So, Whoa. a lot of experience. You got. I mean, you got to pick. When you're in big pools, you got to pick upsets. You yeah. don't really have a choice. Um, and then I'll just go to my upsets: Charleston over Auburn. I think Auburn's going through a lot of problems. Charleston is a really hot team right now. Mm-hmm. They play fast. Uh, and then I like Davidson to beat Kentucky. It's been a gut what? feeling. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. People, that's wild. A lot of people are like, Kentucky's the best five seed, but I don't think Davidson's a good matchup for them. Davidson can they shoot really man, well. A good big man. Yeah. They they do have a few really solid players. I think Kentucky's size is going to bother the heck out of them, but I still think Davidson's like a good upset pick. among. I think they're the best 12 seed, yeah. so that's why I went with them. I really like South Dakota State over Ohio State as well. Ohio State's been really bad They're playing bad in Boise, lately. too. Yeah, it's it's a really bad schedule disadvantage. I mentioned Providence. Um, <clears throat> and I like St. Bonaventure to beat Florida just because I think they've got a little magic. They don't have a tournament win in 40 years. So there those are my main upsets. Uh, I don't, I'm not expecting like something crazy to happen like a – 14-3 or 15-2 or that's the pen, Penn's 16, not beating one. Kansas, I don't think. <laughs> so, I don't think you said Because I, I, I don't want to be on the record and someone <laughs> clip that. So yeah. There's my bracket. Chris, my, what you got? Yeah, so the final four, 
is Arizona, UNC, Villanova, and Duke. I know that's not very – that's not super – I think Arizona's an interesting team in this tournament. Alonzo Trier is a big-time scorer, and I think DeAndre Ayton is probably the best player in this tournament. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Send me a um, box There's of a good Aitons. chance that he is. So that's I, my I, rolled, I rolled with them. I like my, – my upsets, I like New Mexico State as well. Um, I think I threw Stephen F. Austin. I think I still have them in there. Stephen F. Three. Whoa! I don't I, got them in one bracket. I'm gonna stick with them just because I'm never I'm I'm never risky enough. And yeah. Me and Zach talked about Stephen F. Austin early in the bracket process, and I threw him in there, and I'm sticking with him. The one that I flip flopped on is Michigan. I had San Diego State, an 11 seed, going on past Michigan. I flipped that back. I think Michigan's really good. They're also really well coached, and they have some players that. Are very experienced starts with Mo Wagner for mm-hmm. me as far as the experienced guys. Um, I'm trying to think of any other ones that I had. I think that I, it's just going to be a really fun tournament. I, I don't. It's going to be I, fun. I, I don't know that there's a one. Virginia is extremely good. Being without DeAndre Hunter is going to hurt them. I can't believe that Kyle Guy and Ty Jerome are only sophomores. Mm-hmm. That's horrifying for you and me, Jamoka, as ACC fans. C- yeah. <laughs> um, we're going to see them a lot more. A lot. <laughs> and they're very, they're really good. They can just get buckets. And they're, they, too, with Tony Bennett, are a really well-coached team. And a lot of people have been saying it, and I, I, don't, I didn't pick it, but I can't totally disagree. This does feel like, even with the injury, it does feel like a time where, like, it's time for Virginia. Like it's, wow. it's their time to do it. That's how it. I feel about Xavier too. And yeah, I, and I just, I, I don't know. I feel it just feels right. They're the number one overall seed. I remember it's it's hard for number one overall seeds mm-hmm. to win. They don't usually, which obviously that that makes sense. I mean, one against sixty four is is never yeah. good odds. But I think that they are. They play such a distinct style of basketball that so few other teams see and play themselves. But they're just really, really hard to beat, man. I mean, I, I'm I'm a Louisville fan, and I watched them break my heart and probably eliminate <laughs> us from the tournament this year. But but also beat us two other times, and they're just they're just really, really tough. You yeah. make you make two or three critical mistakes in a critical period, and and you're done. I mean, I you're guess, done against them. They hit shots. They're yeah. d- fundamentally sound. They play great defense. They slow the pace down to like. I mean, it's just – it's really frustrating to play against them. And you can try to speed them up. I know that that's, like, how it's supposed to go. But, like, I mean, good luck. Yeah. They're they're really, really good. But I, I also I also really like Arizona. Yeah. They're super talented. They have two NBA-level guys, I think, in true. Well, because UVA, for the number one overall seed, they got the worst bracket. Mm-hmm. Like, they oh. have – they. Mm-hmm. I think after, once they get past that Sweet 16, they have a very favorable path to the championship because the West is – very bizarre. I there's like four good teams, but not really a championship Cincy's level. Cincy's pretty team. good. Since but Cincy could fall. They don't, their offense isn't good enough, in my opinion, to make a ton of noise. Their there's, offense is almost similar to UVA's. Like it's a very slow defense. Don't score a lot of points. But there's a it's difference. a mirror Virginia image. Virginia has scores that yeah. will actually beat you. I don't see anyone on Cincy that I'm afraid of when when I'm playing D against them. They're yeah, just tough. They're just tough. Mm-hmm. I forgot that my reckless. Elite eight pick is Texas. Texas. Woo, Shaka Smart getting Shaka back in and it. Mo Bamba. Okay, I, I don't know if they have enough firepower. Yeah, I also really like Tennessee. We've talked about how, Tennessee. how young they are, and that makes them Tennessee kind of a wild card. Um, but I really like Texas. SEC. I love Shaka Smart. We'll wow. see. It's about okay. to tip off. 
Yeah, it is. Trey Young is going to literally. Get a win we're too, recording this at, with 20 minutes to go before the game start. All right, my final four. I did pick Arizona. Uh, I've got North Carolina, and then I switched it and I said I'm gonna go with Michigan. They beat Purdue and Michigan State to win that title. I know it was two weeks ago, and we had some issues yeah, with how long they've had time different off. Michigan team this year built on defense and three point shooting. Usually I've got just built on offense. Michigan yeah. State as just a very tournament-tested team as a number three pick, and uh, Nova. And then I have Arizona winning it all in a couple of brackets. Then one I have Michigan State, and the other one I have uh, Nova winning it all because I ended up doing like six brackets. I just get excited about being involved in different brackets with people. It's It's, just out of control. It's too late for this advice, but I would say if people are listening and think about this in the future, if you do different brackets, the first weekend should have – Probably differentiation, but you should always stick with the similar elite in result and yeah. final fours because that's where you get a lot of value in points. Yep. So if you have a solid final four, if you get three or four teams, you're in position to win your bracket. Yeah. So I think that's important to remember. So when you pick the upsets, pick the upsets against teams that you don't think are going to go that far. And I mean, I list off who I think's good, but you know, there's other teams like. I think West Virginia is a contender to make to the Final Four, mm-hmm. so I wouldn't like pick them to get upset. Or I'm really high on Texas Tech, even though I said pick Stephen F. Austin. They're they're healthier yeah. than I thought. They have a pretty easy path. Um, I had Loyola Chicago upsetting yeah. Miami. My problem with with Loyola and the Miami is just that Miami, and I think we're going to see this, is like really mad about how disrespected they've gotten yeah. about this, and their coach like called out experts during his press conference. <laughs> Jim Laranega is <laughs> also really another mad. guy who's proven himself yeah, in March. That's so. true. George Mason, for yeah. all of you whiz kids that are in the area, Coaching that I'm is sure so you, important in this it stuff. Is. The you other may thing remember about that Miami is, is that I'll say is that freshman um, Lonnie Walker for well, Miami. He might be a lottery He's pick. big time. Mm-hmm. Um, and when he takes over a game he has that ability i think he's a i think he's a big time nba prospect as well and i had not i, I mean he was he was a good recruit a big prospect but yeah when i watched him in the regular season this year i had not really heard of who he was and he he's he's pretty remarkable he can shoot it, he could put it on the floor he's got a lot of moxie i think that one of my I favorite think that words in the tournament, i think that in the tournament that's going to serve them well syracuse for jeremy's sake you got him beating tcu i got him beating tcu uh, also, because Jamie Dixon mixed, left Pitt, but so. yeah, I like, I like TCU yeah, because yeah. Jeremy said Jamie Dixon's always played Syracuse well. Yeah, my other thing is Syracuse has like six players. I think they're going to be tired. I I just don't really trust them. They win ugly games, and it will probably yeah. be an ugly game. Yeah, but to me, I like Saint Bonaventure more as an eleven seed than uh, Syracuse. The I think the Bonnies have more. Uh, ta- I want to see Trey Young more to offer. Yeah, so. I like to see Trey Young, Oklahoma beating Rhode Island. That's the other one I have. New Mexico State over Clemson, uh, Butler over Arkansas, and uh, that's it for me for upsets because I feel like Alabama over Virginia Tech isn't really an upset. And actually, I think I went with Virginia Tech because I like Buzz. I, I like, like Buzz Virginia. in the yeah. tournament. I a like lot. Virginia Tech. Justin okay. Robinson also can counter Colin Sexton. He's a big time player. Solid pod, Whiz Kids. Hope you enjoyed listening to Chris and Zach and myself break down not just. 
uh, the NCAA tournament, which is starting in about 15 minutes as we're recording this, but also listening to us uh, reminisce about a great double overtime win over Boston, and hopefully you can come out for that Indiana Pacers home game on Saturday. It's going to be great. And then on the 19th, let's not forget, as we close out the pod, we're having Jason Smith live with us at Pod DC down in Crimson. There's food, drinks, and some great dessert. It's going to be a lot of fun. If you want to come out, uh, you can ask Jason some questions yourself, or you can watch us live uh, using our Mevo on Facebook. We'll interact with you there and get some questions in for Jason. But we'll talk to him about basketball and some other stuff. He loves movies. He can dance. He's just got a lot going on. It's going to be fun. Make yeah. sure you're there. Yeah. All right. That'll be the uh, 19th next Monday, 5 p.m. Pod DC. Be there for Zach Rosen and Chris Gehring. I'm Jamoke Davis. Ciao for now. <laughs>